Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. Hello, you're listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today. And today, as is normal on a Monday, I'm going to base my reflections on the Sunday readings. And I want to begin with the the second reading from Sunday, which was from the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 4. If you can have some share in the sufferings of Christ, be glad, because you will enjoy a much greater gladness when his glory is revealed. It is a blessing for you when they insult you for bearing the name of Christ, because it means that you have the spirit of glory, the spirit of God resting on you. None of you should ever deserve to suffer for being a murderer, a thief, a criminal or an informer. But if any one of you should suffer for being a Christian, then he is not to be ashamed of it. He should thank God that he has been called one. So I'm thinking of writing a film script. I've got two drafts on the go at the moment. Let me give you a brief outline. In the first script, Harry meets Sally at a work function. They get on well immediately. They're both lawyers, share pretty similar interests. They start dating. After about six months, they meet each other's families. Everyone gets on really well. After dating for a couple of years, much to everyone's joy, they get married. Sally gets pregnant, has a baby, a few years later a second, and then a third, each time enjoying her company's generous maternity policy. And then at this point in time with their eldest, now nearly five, they move out of London to be in the catchment area for a better school in the suburbs, which their kids duly get into and thrive at. They quickly settle into life in the suburbs, meet lots of like-minded families, Sally really enjoys her mother's and toddler's yoga group, and Harry really bonds with some of the men at the golf club. In the second script, Harry meets Sally in a restaurant where she works, and he is having a meal. Now, Harry really likes Sally, but Sally doesn't really notice Harry, or at least not in that way. She hopes that the awkwardly flirtatious Harry might leave a nice tip, though. Harry is definitely not a smooth flirt. But anyway, Harry returns to the restaurant the next day with a bunch of flowers and asks to take Sally out. Sally, more to spare his feelings than out of any desire to go on a date, says yes. But Sally remains unconvinced, but Harry will not give up. 
And so a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth date follow. And now Sally starts to really see something in this man. But not long after that, Harry is due to go back to Australia and has to take his flight. But he gets incredibly sick on his stopover on the way back in Bali. He's hospitalised, in fact. And when Sally doesn't hear from him, she thinks that he's lost interest in her, just as she had started to think what life might be like with him. And she hears nothing from him. The film is set in the 70s, so texting is not an option, and Harry is too sick to even write. Sally gives up and starts dating someone else. But months later, Harry writes professing his love for Sally, tells her he nearly died, but the thought of her kept him going. However, Sally is now dating a wealthy guy with a great career, and her mum says she'd be crazy to give up on this guy. But there's not quite the spark with this guy in the way that there had been with Harry, just at the point before he was leaving to Australia. Sally decides she has to give true love a go, and so she goes to get a job in Australia. She meets Harry again and is convinced he is the one. But Harry's family aren't happy about him dating just a waitress. Harry doesn't think it matters and ignores the ultimatum his father gives him about losing his stake in the family business if he marries her. They get married anyway, and Harry gets chucked out of the family business. And then, having spoken so much about the children that they hope to have together, they struggle to have them. Sally worries about the marriage, but Harry says he married her because of who she is. But eventually Sally gets pregnant quite out of the blue. But at this point, Harry loses his job and struggles with illness. And the child is, built, is born with a heart defect. But nonetheless, there is a lot of love in this place. What do you think? Well, I'd be pretty surprised if any of you thought that script one was going to make a great film. And I'd imagine you'd think that script two has got a better chance of being something that people might watch. But no, I've not said anything in the scripts about the quality of love between Harry and Sally in script one and in script two. And yet I imagine that you've thought for yourselves that the bond was somehow deeper in script two with all its trials than in script one with all its plain sailing. I suspect that most of us just sort of intuit that there is something deeper about love that has been challenged, the love that has endured suffering, the love that would have been easier at times to give up on than persevere in. Suffering can be like the refiner's fire for love. And I suspect that most of us find it easier to trust in the love of Jesus because of the crucifixion of Jesus. Because the crucifixion, whilst undoubtedly awful, makes for a better love story than an incarnation and an ascension that does not have a passion, death and resurrection in between. And so the suffering of the passion is not in itself good, but the love is made purer. The love is made clearer by the fact of the suffering and the refusal to give up on the love. St. Peter tells us, if you can have some share in the sufferings of Christ, be glad, because you will enjoy 
a much greater gladness when his glory is revealed. Now, none of us is likely to write suffering into the script of our lives. But none of us, I think, really expects to live a life like my first script. Not if we're realistic. The script of our lives will undoubtedly present us with suffering. The question will be, what will we do when it comes? Will we always be chasing a different script, one that has an easier way? Or might we accept the suffering and so go deeper into the part, go deeper into the life of Christ, go deeper into love? Let's put it another way. Who do you think will treasure his Olympic golds more? The guy who won gold at every games he entered, or the one who was pipped to gold in his first games, missed out in his second because of injury, and finally won in the third? Now, would the guy who only finally won in the third have chosen to get silver first time round, and then an injury in the second? No. But can he see how they formed him for the better? Almost certainly, yes. Jesus teaches us in the gospel that there is no glory in suffering, but there is glory in suffering for the sake of love. And the glory which he speaks of in St. John's gospel is the glory of the cross. Now, as I said, we're not asked to go looking for suffering, but we are asked not to keep on running from it at the expense of love. All we're asked to do is to remain steadfast in what is true and what is good, irrespective of the cost. Now, if you've made it to be older than 15, I think you will know that there is no life that will not entail suffering. The question really for us is what will we suffer for? St. Peter writes again, None of you should ever deserve to suffer for being a murderer, a thief, a criminal, or an informer. But if any of you should suffer for being a Christian, then he is not to be ashamed of it. He should thank, thank God that he has been called one. I think more and more in the age that we live in, suffering is going to be a part of the basic living out of the Christian life and of the proclamation of Christian truths. But suffer for things worthy of you. Suffer for the sake of love. Some of the most remarkable people I know have difficult lives, and I do not wish the difficulty upon them, and I do at times pray that their lives might be made easier, and yet I'm not entirely sorry that they have known difficulty, because I have seen in so many of them how it has enlarged their hearts. I'm not even sorry that I have known some struggles in my life, not massive, I know, in the cosmic scale of things, but nonetheless, I see how they have been good for me. And when on the weekend, I was reading some lines from the beautiful French writer, Leon Blois, as I read these, I thought to myself, that's beautiful, it's true. Blois writes, there are places in the heart that do not yet exist, and into them enters suffering that they might exist. I'll repeat that one more time for you. There are places in the heart that do not yet exist, and into them enters suffering that they might exist. 
This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.